All right, Mrs. Cornaby here reading Out of My Mind. We are at chapter 25. All right, OMG, what a night. I still can't believe how everything turned out once the championship round began. That's when Mr. Kingsley explained. The questions this time will be a bit more difficult. Scoring, however, will be the same. The team with the best score out of 100 possible points will be our champion. He picked up the cards that contained the quiz questions and smiled. Here is question number one. What is diplopia? A, double vision. B, left-handedness. C, a, a disease of the gums. D, a form of cancer. Oh boy, he wasn't kidding. This was going to be a killer round. I was sure the answer was A, though. Kind of. When the answer, when the answer was revealed, the double vision was correct. Phew. Rose, Connor, and I got it right. Claire missed it. Everyone on the Perry Valley team answered it correctly. The score was three to four. Number two, Kings, Mr. Kingsley said. Who is the composer of Rhapsody in Blue? A, Mozart. B, Gershwin. C, Copland. B, D, Beethoven. Bing, 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 bing. Thanks to my parents and Mrs. V, that was a little easier. I pushed the button for B. One person on the Perry Valley team got it wrong, and Claire messed up as well. That made the score six to seven with Perry Valley ahead. Everybody could feel the tension. The next 20 questions covered things like lions in the jungle, gravity in space, authors of famous books, and math. Some of those I even got right. Bing, 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 bing. Even though Connor aced a hard spelling problem and Claire came through on a difficult history question, Perry Valley kept staying one or two points ahead of us. It was getting near the end of the round. Perry Valley had surged ahead on a math question and was up by three points. It looked pretty grim for us with a score of 78 to 81. I glanced at Connor. Sweat dripped from his nose. Then Mr. Kingsley asked, the condition in which a person may be able to hear colors or visualize flavors when music is played is called A, synthesis, B, symbiosis, C, synesthesia, D, symbolism. I grinned and punched in C. Not only was it one of Mrs. V's vocabulary words, it was me. I breathed a sigh of relief when I realized that Connor and Claire and Rose had also chosen the right answer. When the results were tallied, only one of the Perry Valley kids had gotten it right. The score stood at 82 to 82. It was time for the very last question. This one would determine the group that would go to Washington. I glanced at Rose and the others. I think we all gulped at the same time. Our last question of the evening, Mr. Kingsley began, is a mathematics problem. I groaned inside. There goes our trip to Washington. I may as well go back to room H5 and hide there for the next thousand years. Number 25, Mr. Kingsley said slowly. Lisa gets up every morning and gets ready for school. She takes 22 minutes to get dressed, 18 minutes to eat breakfast, and 10 minutes to walk to school. What time should Lisa get up so she can arrive at school at 7.25 a.m.? A, 6.15 a.m., B, 6.20 a.m., C, 6.25 a.m., D, 6.35 a.m.? I need to add, then subtract. How do I subtract time? I need to see a clock. I'm getting all mixed up. Time is running out. I can't mess up now. It could have been C, but it might have been D. I thought a moment more, then I pushed D, feeling like I was going to throw up. The answer is lit up on the screen. 
everybody on our team had answered D. Either we were all correct or all really terrible at figuring out time problems. Three students on the Perry Valley team had answered D. One of them had answered C. Well, it looks like we have a winner, ladies and gentlemen. I'm extremely pleased to announce that the team that will represent us in Washington, D.C. this year, the team we hope to see on Good Morning America with a score of 86 to 85 is, he paused for effect, Spalding Street Elementary School. I couldn't help it. I squealed. I kicked. My arms jerked crazily. I tried really hard to control it, but I just couldn't help it. My body went a little wacko on me. Shut her up, I heard Claire hiss. Shh, Rose whispered through clenched teeth. Thank you for watching our telecast, Mr. Kingsley said, throwing a quick glance at me. Please join us in two weeks when we televise the finals from Washington. This is Charles Kingsley. Good night. He signaled that he was finished. The cameras blinked to dark and the lights blessedly clicked off. I couldn't stop kicking. My arms acted like wind-up toys gone bananas. I screamed with joy. At least nobody noticed this time because hoots and hollers abounded as dozens of people stormed the stage. Dad balanced Penny in one arm and the camcorder in another. Mom, Catherine, and Mrs. V rushed over to me and almost smothered me with hugs. Mrs. V tried to look as if she weren't surprised, but her grin seemed to be permanently attached. Mr. Dimming, the alternates, and all the parents of the rest of the kids on the team cheered and jumped and patted one another on the back. One of the parents streamed confetti over us. Balloons appeared from nowhere. Somebody in the studio turned the speakers up loud and played the song Celebration. People started to dance. It seemed as if a million pictures were taken. Amazingly, lots of pictures were taken of me. I did my best to calm down and relax. Smile, Melody, called the guy with the baseball cap. Click, flash. Can somebody sit her up a little straighter in her chair? Click, flash. Get a picture of the kid in the wheelchair. I think that guy was a reporter. Click, flash. Where's the winning team? Another reporter asked loudly. We want a team picture for the newspaper. Why don't you kids stand around, Mel stand around Melody? Okay, now smile. Click, flash. I could barely see. Blue dots danced in front of my eyes. We want the winning team for a TV interview, someone else called out. Can we have them over here? People, people were shuffled around and a stagehand helped set us up. Connor, Rose, and Claire sat in chairs next to me. Amanda, Molly, Elena, and Rodney stood behind us. Mr. Dimming stood next to Rodney. I hoped that my hair looked okay and that I wouldn't look too goofy. The reporter silenced the crowd as the cameraman lined up and got into position. Good evening. This is Elizabeth Ochoa of Channel 6 News. I'm here in our studio as we speak to students from Spalding Street Elementary School, victorious members of the winning team of the WizKids competition held here tonight. These are eight of the brightest young people in our community who buzz their way to victory tonight. Let's meet them. We'll start with the alternates in the back row, the youngsters who will fill in should one of the team members not be able to participate. Please tell me your names and ages, she asked as she put the microphone in front of each student. Amanda Firestone, age 12. Molly North, age 11. Elena Rodriguez, age 12. Rodney Masul, age 11 and a half. That got a laugh. Miss Ochoa continued. And seated in front of me is the championship team. Please tell me your names as well. My name is Claire Wilson, and I'm 11, and I got more right than anyone else on my team. 
Good for you, Miss Ochoa said. I know you studied hard for this. The reporter moved quickly to Rose. And you are? Rose Spencer, age 11, Rose said, sounding shy. What stands out for you this evening? The reporter asked as the camera moved in closer. I was on last year's team, and we lost only by a few points, so it's real exciting to win this time. I'm very proud of our team. Rose was beaming. Great answer, and we're proud of you as well, Miss Ochoa said. And now to this tall young man. Your name, sir? He asked Connor. Connor Bates. Hi, Mom! Connor spoke loudly into the mic. Do you remember the hardest question you were given tonight? The reporter asked him. I thought all the questions were super easy, Connor said with a grin. I missed a few on purpose so the other contestants wouldn't feel bad. Miss Ochoa burst into a tinkly laugh. How does it feel to be on a team with your very special team member? She asked. Hey, Melody is okay. She's really smart. Let me introduce you to... But I wasn't about to let him steal my thunder. My name is Melody Brooks, and I'm 11 years old, my machine said loudly and clearly. The reporter looked amazed. Well, this is astounding. How does it feel to be part of the winning team, Melody? I pressed my key for super. She laughed. Was it difficult to study and prepare for the competition? Miss Ochoa asked. No, lots of people helped me. What was the hardest part about participating tonight? Hoping I wouldn't mess up. She smiled. We all feel like that sometimes. Are you excited about traveling to Washington, D.C.? Oh, yes. Have you ever been there before? No. How will, be, how will being on the winning team change your life at school? I thought that was a good question. Not much, I admitted. Then the reporter waited patiently while I took the time to tap the right words. Maybe kids will talk to me more. I talk to her all the time, Claire interjected. Both Rose and Connor looked at her with frowns. Huh? Rose said. Miss Ochoa moved away from me and over to Claire. So, you consider yourself to be Melody's friend? Oh, absolutely, Claire said with a bounce of her cinnamon-colored curls. She and I eat lunch together every day and test each other on questions for the quiz team. Melody is a lot smarter than she looks. Rose raised her hand to speak, but the reporter shook her head. I'm so sorry, but we're out of time, she told Rose. To the camera, she said, in addition to a great group of kids, we've just met two remarkable young women, best friends in spite of their differences, and members of the winning Washington-bound WizKids quiz team. Congratulations to you all. I was stunned. Claire? I'm going to take a second here to just say how astounded I am at Claire, saying that she's a friend of Melody's. Oh, I was so mad at Claire the first time I read this book. I wanted to reach in that book and punch her. <sighs> anyway, we're on chapter 26. In the midst of all the commotion, Mr. Dimming seemed to get an inspiration. Let's go out to dinner to celebrate, he announced as the last of the studio lights were turned off. Great idea, Connor said immediately. I'm starving, said Amanda. Even though I wasn't on camera, I've been too nervous to eat all day. Me too, Elena added. How about linguinis? Connor suggested. They've got all-you-can-eat spaghetti. Leave it to Connor to know all the best places to eat. They might go out of business after you show up, Connor, Mr. Dimming said with a laugh. Don't go embarrassing me now. Don't worry, Mr. D. My max is about 12 bowls of spaghetti. 
Linguini's is perfect, Rose's dad said. It's walking distance, just around the corner from the studio. These kids deserve a special night out. I looked at Mom, not sure if this was a good idea. Then Elena walked over to me and said, You'll come too, won't you, Melody? Yeah, Melody, Rose added. Come with us. You did really great tonight. We couldn't have won without you, Connor said as he buttoned up his coat. Their words made me feel like one of the helium balloons that some families had brought. Well, I wouldn't go that far, Molly said, glancing at Claire. Balloons do pop. You weren't up there, Connor reminded Molly. So you coming or not? Rose asked. Sure, I tapped. It will be fun. I glanced at Mom again, who nodded. Dad took Penny home and Mrs. V gave me a hug and promised she'd see me in the morning. The air was brisk and the conversation silly as we headed for the restaurant. How many windows do you think are in that office building? Connor shouted, pointing to the tallest one we could see. 5,274, Rose answered. Man, you're good, Rodney said. How did you know that? How do you think I got on the quiz team? Rose told him. I've got smarts. She's just guessing, Molly told Rodney. You believe anything. The restaurant had been in that location for years. The outside entrance was designed to look like a bistro from a small Italian, Italian village. Painted grape leaves and tiny white lights decorated the bricks around the door. The door. When Connor's dad opened it for everyone to enter, Connor and Rodney bounded up the steps. The steps. Five stone steps led upstairs to the dining area. Everyone, including Mr. Dimming, rushed past me and Mom. Finally, Connor's dad, the last to go up, looked at me, looked at the stairs, and the light bulb came on. Uh, do you need some help? He asked. He was large, like his son. I bet he could swallow a few bowls of pasta as well. Mom replied, Would you be so kind as to ask an employee where their wheelchair ramp is located? As if glad to have something to do, Mr. Bates dashed up the steps. Mom and I sat there in the cold, alone. A waiter dressed in black rushed down moments later. I'm so sorry. We have an elevator in the back, but it went on the fritz this afternoon. The, te the technician is coming to fix it first thing in the morning. That's not going to help us tonight, is it? Mom told him. Her voice was tight, but not angry. I'd be glad to help you carry her up the steps, he offered. No, I tapped. My eyes begged Mom. Mom told him, just hold the door for us, young man. We'll be fine. He did just that. My mom turned her back to the stairs, got a good grip on my chair, tilted it back slightly, and took a deep breath. I was so glad we had decided on the manual chair this morning. Mom gently rolled the back wheels up the edge of the first stone step. Pull, roll up, bump, first step. Pull, roll up, bump, second step. Pull, roll up, bump, third step. She paused and took another breath. We'd done this before many times. Pull, roll up, bump, fourth step. Pull, roll up, bump, fifth step. Then we finally rolled into the dining room, which was crowded with noisy, laughing customers. Over here, Melody, Mr. Dimming called as he saw us. Mom led me over to our very large table, and I was relieved to see that the group had left a spot for me. With all the kids on the team, plus their parents, we took up a big chunk of this table space in the place. In some restaurants, the tables are too low for my chair, but this time I was able to slide perfectly into place. Mom helped me take off my coat, then sat in the seat next to me. She gulped the water from her glass and asked for a refill. The waitress began to take orders. Rodney and his parents ordered a large mushroom and onion pizza. 
We're vegetarians, Rodney explained. I had no idea. Can I get a steak, Dad? Connor asked. His dad clapped him on the back. Sure, I'll think I'll have one myself. For this one night, you get anything you want. Connor's eyes got large. A whole chocolate cake? You'll barf, boy, his dad replied. I want the pasta delight, Rose told the waitress, with extra cheese. Me too, said Amanda. May I have the spaghetti and meatballs, please? Elena asked. Claire and Molly both ordered lasagna. When the waitress got to me and Mom, I was ready. I'll have the mac and cheese, please, I made Elvira say. The waitress looked a little surprised, but since, since most of the machine was tucked under the table, but she was cool and acted as if she got orders from many talkers every day. Sure, hun, coming right up. You want some salad with that? No, thanks. She gave me a real big smile, then took Mom's order. Only my mom would order baked fish at an Italian restaurant. As we waited for our food, the cheerful mood continued. Our tables were covered with white paper instead of tablecloths, so everybody, including the adults, had been given crayons and markers. Look at this! I drew a giant monster rabbit, Connor said. He glanced at Rose's drawing, then added large green teeth to his own. And it's going to eat that wimpy bug you just drew, he told her. Rose laughed. Well, this is a poisonous spider, and it's going to bite your silly old rabbit. Rodney and Connor then lined up all the salt and pepper shakers and started tossing sugar packets over the barricade with forks and spoons as catapults. But I noticed that Claire, who was sitting next to Rodney, was strangely quiet and didn't even pick up a crayon. Engage the enemy, Connor cried. Score! You weren't even in my territory, man. Besides, you tossed the pink fake sugar stuff. You only get half a point for that stuff. I sat and watched my teammates do such ordinary things, drawing, laughing, teasing, joking. I really tried hard to look like I was having fun, too, but all I wanted to do was go home. When the waitress finally brought the food, forks became important for eating, and the war ended suddenly. Conversation slowed down as everybody dug into their meals. Connor took a huge bite of his steak. Mmm, this is the bomb, he said with his mouth full. Mom's fish looked a little... Well, fishy, as she picked at it with a fork. She and I were thinking the same thing, I knew. My food sat untouched in front of me. Our family goes out to restaurants every once in a while. Actually, Penny is more of a problem in a restaurant than I am, because she's wiggly and excitable, and she's likely to throw her peas on the floor. Usually, eating out doesn't bother me. Mom and Dad take turns spooning food into my mouth, and I ignore anyone who is rude enough to stare. But this was different. At school, I eat in a special area of the cafeteria with the other disabled kids. The aides put bibs on us, feed us, and wipe our mouth when we're done. With the exception of that sip of Coke at the competition, nobody, had on, nobody on the team had ever really seen me eat, rather be fed. I didn't know what to do. My food sat there getting cold. I looked at Mom. She looked at me. She picked up the spoon and looked at me with the question on her face. I nodded. Very carefully, she placed a spoonful of pasta in my mouth. I swallowed. I did not spill. I saw Molly poke Claire, and they exchanged looks. Mom spooned one more portion into my mouth. I swallowed. I did not spill. We continued one spoonful at a time. I was so hungry. Nobody said anything, but I saw them look down at their plates with way too much attention. It got quiet. Even Connor stopped talking. Finally, even though my plate was still full, I pushed it away. Would you like to take this home, Melody? Mom whispered. 
I nodded yes, hugely relieved, and she signaled for the waitress, who also brought dessert menus. Being reminded of cake and ice cream cheered up Connor, who did not order a whole chocolate cake, but did order two slices. Rodney ordered apple pie, while Rose asked for pudding. Claire ended up taking her food home in a box as well. She had eaten almost nothing and barely said two words all evening. So what did you think about that final question? That was too hard, Rodney said. Piece of cake, Connor replied, laughing at his own joke. He smeared whipped cream over his second piece of cake. Did you see the hair on that announcer? Amanda teased. It never moved. Must have been made of plastic, Rose said, laughing. What are you wearing to the DC competition? Rose asked Claire. Claire just shrugged. I wonder if we'll get to visit the White House while we're there, Amanda mused. That would be awesome. I believe it's on our agenda for Saturday, Mr. Dimming replied enthusiastically. I'm excited about that as well. So what's with you and Melody being best friends, Claire? Elena asked. Claire didn't answer, but she rubbed her hand over her forehead. I don't feel so good, she said weakly. Is it hot in here? No one had time to answer, for at that moment Claire stood up suddenly, clamped her hand over her mouth, and stumbled from her seat. Are you okay? Mr. Dimming asked. Before he could finish the question, Claire threw up all over his new shoes. Oh, gross, Connor said, obviously trying not to laugh. Poor thing, Rose said. Whoa, what a stink, man. Rodney covered his nose. Claire's mom rushed her to the bathroom. Mr. Dimming rushed out as well, I guess, to clean off his shoes. I wonder if Claire felt as embarrassed as I had while Mom was feeding me. Our little victory celebration was clearly over. Parents gathered coats and checks and paid their tabs. Claire returned from the restroom looking pale. No one mentioned the incident. We all headed for the steps. Hmm, I thought. Claire gets sick in the middle of a crowded restaurant, yet I'm the one everybody looks at sideways. They all had to wait for me and Mom. We took our time. Push gently, roll down, bump. Top step. Push gently, roll down, bump. Next step. Push gently, roll down, bump. Third step. Five bumps down to the bottom of the steps. And I was still so hungry. And that gets us to chapter 27, which I will read on the next episode. Thanks for listening. We will talk at you later. Bye.